Preface and Chapters 1-10 through 10 of On Illustrious Men by St. Jerome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Preface You have urged me, Dexter, to follow the example of Tranquillus in giving a systematic account of ecclesiastical writers and I do for our own writers what he did for the illustrious men of letters among the Gentiles, namely to briefly set before you all those who have published any memorable writings on the Holy Scriptures, from the time of our Lord's Passion until the fourteenth year of the Emperor Theodosius. A similar work has been done by Hermippus, the Peripatic, Antigonus Caristius, the learned Satirius, and the most learned of all, Aristoxenus, the musician, among the Greeks, and among the Latins by Varro, Santra, Nepos, Hyginus, and by him through whose example you seek to stimulate us, Tranquillus. But their situation and mine is not the same, for they, opening the old histories and chronicles, could, as if gathering from some great meadow, weave some small crown, at least for their work. As for me, what shall I do, who, having no predecessor, have, as the saying is, the worst possible master, namely myself. And yet I must acknowledge that Eusebius Pamphilius, in the ten books of his church history, has been of the utmost assistance, and the works of various among those of whom we are to write often testify to the dates of their authors. And so I pray the Lord Jesus that what your Cicero, who stood at the summit of Roman eloquence, did not scorn to do, compiling in his Brutus a catalogue of Latin orators, this I too accomplish in the enumeration of ecclesiastical writers, and accomplish in a fashion worthy of the exhortation which you made. But if perchance any of those who are not yet writing have been overlooked by me in this volume, they ought to ascribe it to themselves rather than to me. For among those whom I have not read, I could not, in the first place, know those who concealed their own writings, and in the second place, what is perhaps well known to others, would be quite unknown to me in this out-of-the-way corner of the earth. But surely, when they are distinguished by their writings, they will not very greatly grieve over any loss in our non-mention of them. Let Celsus, Porphyry, and Julian learn, rabid as they are against Christ. Let their followers, they who think the Church has had no philosophers or orators or men of learning, Learn how many and what sort of men founded, built, and adorned it, and cease to accuse our faith of such rustic simplicity, and recognize rather their own ignorance. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, farewell. Chapter 1 Simon Peter, the son of John, from the village of Bethsaida in the province of Galilee, brother of Andrew the Apostle, and himself the chief of the Apostles, after having been bishop of the church of Antioch, and having preached to the dispersion, the believers in the circumcision in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, pushed on to Rome in the second year of Claudius to overthrow Simon Magus, and held the sacerdotal chair there for twenty-five years until the last, that is, the fourteenth year of Nero. At his hands he received the crown of martyrdom, being nailed to the cross with his head towards the ground, and his feet raised on high, asserting that he was unworthy to be crucified in the same manner as his Lord. He wrote two epistles, which are called Catholic, the second of which, on account of its difference from the first in style, is considered by many not to be by him, 
Then, too, the gospel according to Mark, who was his disciple and interpreter, is ascribed to him. On the other hand, the books of which one is entitled his Acts, another his Gospel, a third his preaching, a fourth his revelation, a fifth his judgment, are rejected as apocryphal. Buried at Rome in the Vatican near the Triumphal Way, he is venerated by the whole world. Chapter 2 James, who is called the brother of the Lord, surnamed the Just, the son of Joseph, by another wife as some think, but as appears to me, the son of Mary, sister of the mother of our Lord, of whom John makes mention in his book, after our Lord's passion, at once ordained by the apostles, bishop of Jerusalem, wrote a single epistle, which is reckoned among the seven Catholic epistles, and even this is claimed by some to have been published by someone else under his name, and gradually, as time went on, to have gained authority. Egesippus, who lived near the apostolic age, in the fifth book of his commentaries, writing of James, says, After the apostles, James, the brother of the Lord, surnamed the Just, was made head of the church at Jerusalem. Many indeed are called James. This one was holy from his mother's womb. He drank neither wine nor strong drink, ate no flesh, never shaved or anointed himself with ointment or bathed. He alone had the privilege of entering the holies of holies, since indeed he did not use woolen vestments, but linen, and went alone into the temple and prayed on behalf of the people, insomuch that his knees were reputed to have acquired the hardness of camel's knees. He says also many other things, too numerous to mention. Josephus also, in the twentieth book of his Antiquities, and Clement in the seventh of his Outlines, mentions that on the death of Festus, who reigned over Judea, Albinus was sent by Nero as his successor. Before he had reached his province, Ananias the high priest, the youthful son of Ananus, of the priestly class, taking advantage of the state of anarchy, assembled a council and publicly tried to force James to deny that Christ is the Son of God. When he refused, Ananias ordered him to be stoned, cast down from the pinnacle of the temple, his legs broken but still half alive. Raising his hands to heaven, he said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then struck on the head by the club of a fuller, such a club as fullers are accustomed to wring out garments with, he died. This same Josephus records the tradition that this James was of so great sanctity and reputation among the people that the downfall of Jerusalem was believed to be on account of his death. He it is of whom the Apostle Paul writes to the Galatians that no one else of the apostles did I see except James, the brother of the Lord. And shortly after the event, the acts of the apostles bear witness to the matter. The gospel also, which is called the gospel according to the Hebrews, in which I have recently translated into Greek and Latin, and which also Origen often makes use of. After the account of the resurrection of the Savior says, But the Lord, after he had given his grave clothes to the servant of the priest, appeared to James, for James had sworn that he would not eat bread from that hour in which he drank the cup of the Lord until he should see him rising again from among those that sleep. And again a little later it says, Bring a table and bread, said the Lord, and immediately it is added, He brought bread and blessed and brake and gave it to James the just, and said to him, My brother, eat thy bread, for the Son of Man is risen from among those that sleep. And so he ruled the church of Jerusalem thirty years, that is, until the seventh year of Nero, 
and was buried near the temple from which he had been cast down. His tombstone with its inscription was well known until the siege of Titus and the end of Hadrian's reign. Some of our writers think that he was buried in Mount Olivet, but they are mistaken. Chapter 3 Matthew, also called Levi, apostle of the aforetimes publican, composed a gospel of Christ, at first published in Judea in Hebrew, for the sake of those of the circumcision who believed, but this was afterwards translated into Greek, though by what author is uncertain. The Hebrew itself has been preserved until the present day in the library at Caesarea, which Pamphilius so diligently gathered. I have also had the opportunity of having the volume described to me by the Nazarenes of Berea, a city of Syria, who use it. In this it is to be noted that wherever the evangelist, whether on his own account or in the person of our Lord, the Savior, quotes the testimony of the Old Testament, he does not follow the authority of the translators of the Septuagint, but the Hebrew. Wherefore, these two forms exist. Out of Egypt have I called my son, and for he shall be called a Nazarene. Chapter 4 Jude, the brother of James, left a short epistle which is reckoned among the seven Catholic epistles, and because in it he quotes from the apocryphal book of Enoch, it is rejected by many. Nevertheless, by age and use it has gained authority and is reckoned among the holy scriptures. Chapter 5 Paul, formerly called Saul, an apostle outside the number of the twelve apostles, was of the tribe of Benjamin, in the town of Gescalus in Judea. When this was taken by the Romans, he removed with his parents to Tarsus in Cilicia. Sent by them to Jerusalem to study law, he was educated by Gamaliel, a most learned man whom Luke mentions. But after he had been present at the death of the martyr Stephen, and had received letters from the high priest of the temple for the persecution of those who believed in Christ, he proceeded to Damascus, where, constrained to faith by a revelation, as it is written in the Acts of the Apostles, he was transformed from a persecutor into an elect vessel, as Sergius Paulus, proconsul of Cyprus, was the first to believe on his preaching. He took his name from him because he had subdued him to faith in Christ, and having been joined by Barnabas, after transversing many cities, he returned to Jerusalem and was ordained apostle to the Gentiles by Peter, James, and John. And because a full account of his life is given in the Acts of the Apostles, I only say this, that the twenty-fifth year after our Lord's Passion, that is, the second of Nero, at the time when Festus, procreator of Judea, succeeded Felix, he was sent bound to Rome, and remaining for two years in free custody, disputed daily with the Jews concerning the advent of Christ. It ought to be said that, at the first defense, the power of Nero having not yet been confirmed, nor his wickedness broken forth to such a degree as the histories relate concerning him, Paul was dismissed by Nero that the gospel of Christ might be preached also in the West. As he himself writes in the second epistle to Timothy at the time when he was about to be put to death, dictating his epistle as he did while in chains, at my first defense no one took my part, but all forsook me. May it not be laid to their account. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, clearly indicating Nero as lion on account of his cruelty. And directly following he says, 
the Lord delivered me from the mouth of the lion. And again, shortly, the Lord delivered me from every evil work and saved me unto his heavenly kingdom. For indeed he felt within himself that his martyrdom was near at hand. For in the same epistle he announced, For I am already being offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He then, in the fourteenth year of Nero, on the same day with Peter, was beheaded at Rome for Christ's sake, and was buried in the Ocean Way the twenty-seventh year after our Lord's Passion. He wrote nine epistles to seven churches, to the Romans one, to the Corinthians two, to the Galatians one, to the Ephesians one, to the Philippians one, to the Colossians one, to the Thessalonians two, and besides these to his disciples, to Timothy two, to Titus one, to Philemon one. The epistle which is called the epistle to the Hebrews is not considered his on account of its difference from the others in style and language, but it is reckoned either according to Tertullian to be the work of Barnabas, or, according to others, to be by Luke the Evangelist, or Clement, afterwards bishop of the church at Rome, who, they say, arranged and adorned the ideas of Paul in his own language, though, to be sure, since Paul was writing to Hebrews and was in disrepute among them, he may have omitted his name from the salutation on this account. He, being a Hebrew, wrote Hebrew, that is, his own tongue, and most fluently, while the things which were eloquently written in Hebrew were more eloquently turned into Greek, and this is the reason why it seems to differ from the other epistles of Paul. Some read one also to the Laodiceans, but it is rejected by everyone. Chapter 6 Barnabas the Cyprian, also called Joseph the Levite, ordained apostle to the Gentiles with Paul, wrote one epistle, valuable for the edification of the church which is reckoned among the apocryphal writings. He afterwards separated from Paul on account of John, a disciple also called Mark, nonetheless exercised the work laid upon him of preaching the gospel. Chapter 8 Luke, a physician of Antioch, as his writings indicate, was not unskilled in the Greek language. An adherent of the Apostle Paul and companion of all his journeying, he wrote a gospel concerning which the same Paul says, we send with him a brother whose praise in the gospel is among all the churches. And to the Colossians, Luke the beloved physician salutes you. And to Timothy, Luke only is with me. He also wrote another excellent volume to which he prefixed the title Acts of the Apostles, a history which extends to the second year of Paul's sojourn at Rome, that is, to the fourth year of Nero, from which we learn that the book was composed in that same city. Therefore, the Acts of Paul and Thecla and all the fable about the lion baptized by him we reckon among the apocryphal writings. For how is it possible that the inseparable companion of the apostle in his other affairs alone should have been ignorant of this thing? Moreover, Tertullian, who lived near those times, mentions a certain presbyter in Asia, an adherent of the apostle Paul, who is convicted by Paul of having been the author of the book and who, confessing that he did this for the love of Paul, resigned his office of presbyter. Some suppose that whenever Paul in his epistle says, according to my gospel, he means the book of Luke, and that Luke not only was taught the gospel history by the apostle Paul, who was not with the Lord in the flesh, but also by the other apostles. 
This he too, at the beginning of his book, declares, saying, Even as they delivered unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. So he wrote the gospel as he had heard it, but composed the acts of the apostles as he himself had seen. He was buried at Constantinople, to which city, in the twelfth year of Constantius, his bones, together with the remains of Andrew the Apostle, were transferred. Chapter 8 Mark, the disciple and interpreter of Peter, wrote a short gospel at the request of the brethren at Rome, embodying what he had heard Peter tell. When Peter had heard this, he approved it and published it to the churches to be read by his authority as Clemens in the sixth book of his Hypotyposis and Papias, bishop of Hierapolis, record. Peter also mentions this mark in his first epistle, figuratively indicating Rome under the name of Babylon. She who is in Babylon, elect together with you, saluteth you, and so doth Mark my son. So taking the gospel which he himself composed, he went to Egypt, and first preaching Christ at Alexandria, he formed a church so admirable in doctrine and continence of living that he constrained all followers of Christ to his example. Philo, most learned of the Jews, seeing the first church at Alexandria, still Jewish in a degree, wrote a book on their manner of life as something credible to his nation, telling how, as Luke says, the believers had all things in common at Jerusalem. So he recorded that which he saw was done at Alexandria under the learned Mark. He died in the eighth year of Nero and was buried at Alexandria, Anianus succeeding him. Chapter 9. John, the apostle whom Jesus most loved, the son of Zebedee and brother of James, the apostle whom Herod, after our Lord's passion, beheaded, most recently of all the evangelists, wrote a gospel, at the request of the bishops of Asia, against Serenthus and other heretics, and especially against the then growing dogma of the Ebionites, who assert that Christ did not exist before Mary. On this account he was compelled to maintain his divine nativity. But there is said to be yet another reason for this work, in that when he had read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he approved indeed the substance of the history, and declared that the things they said were true, but that they had given the history of only one year, the one, that is, which follows the imprisonment of John, and in which he was put to death, so passing by this year, the events of which had been set forth by these, he related the events of the earlier period before John was shut up in prison, so that it might be manifest to those who should diligently read the volumes of the four evangelists. This also takes away the discrepancy which there seems to be between John and the others. He wrote also one epistle which begins as follows, That which was from the beginning, that which we have heard, that which we have seen with our eyes and our hands handled, concerning the word of life, which is esteemed of by all men who are interested in the church or in learning. The other two of which the first is, the elder to the elect lady and her children, and the other, the elder unto Gaius, the beloved whom I love in truth, are said to be the work of John the Presbyter, to the memory of whom another sepulcher is shown at Ephesus to the present day though some think that there are two memorials of this same John the Evangelist. We shall treat of this matter in its turn when we come to Papias, his disciple. In the fourteenth year, then after Nero, 
Domitian having raised a second persecution, he was banished to the island of Patmos and wrote the Apocalypse, on which Justin Martyr and Irenaeus afterwards wrote commentaries. But Domitian, having been put to death in his acts, on account of his excessive cruelty, having been annulled by the Senate, he returned to Ephesus under Pertinax, and continuing there until the time of Emperor Trajan, founded and built churches throughout all Asia, and worn out by old age, died in the 68th year after our Lord's Passion, and was buried near the same city. Chapter 10. Hermas, whom the Apostle Paul mentions in writing to the Romans, salute Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brethren that are with them, is reputed to be the author of the book which is called Pastor, and which is also read publicly in some churches of Greece. It is, in fact, a useful book, and many of the ancient writers quote from it as authority, but among the Latins it is almost unknown. End of preface and chapters 1 through 10.